Eins, zwei, drei. Wash behind your ears and move your feet on D, young man. Listen to your mom. Make the extra pass. Let Luca do the dribbling. Your mom. I want to see you in a triple threat position, Mr. Mom. I love my big sweet baby boy. Hello, and thanks for listening to Your Mom, the Mats on Mavs podcast. I'm Matt Lyle. This is the strangest smelling man on the planet. Matt Coleman. That's right. Yeah, you are. It's January 21st. Uh, we are done with a week where the Mavs went a resounding 1-3 and three <laughs> yeah. in four games. Uh, coming off a win last night, though, against the Pacers, Thank you, Basketball Jesus, for that, because four in a row, I don't know that I could have emotionally handled yeah. another game, certainly like the Toronto game. That was, I, was I'm not strong enough. Week. It was the worst oh. of the week. Argu- arguably the maybe worst, second worst, I think it's second worst of the season. Oh, what was what was worse than that? Wasn't that first Hornets loss the worst? Wasn't that just awful? That was pretty depressing. Yeah, that was pretty depressing. Because wasn't uh, there that was something... right? Wasn't that immediately following the Clippers blowout? Yes, we and were that, expecting think, to play well, and then yeah. we got our butts kicked by because we by beat the, we yeah. beat the shit out of like a really good team, and then turned around and played a team that is not supposed to be very good, and got our ass kicked and then toronto i mean for what it's worth toronto is supposed to be a good team they have not been playing well but they're supposed to be a pretty good team they looked it they looked pretty good to me they looked it against us definitely yeah yeah we started off uh pretty heartening i mean the loss to the milwaukee i didn't take anything negative away from that that was really that was really chris middleton getting hot in the last minute and a half yeah away from us winning that game. He had two threes in the last couple of minutes in a row that that went from us in the lead to us down four. Yeah. And then, uh, and it, and then it, was there, not, it was not – I mean, I guess no late. no loss is a good loss, I guess. But it is, as far as losses go, it was – Yeah, shorthanded against Milwaukee, hung in there, had a chance at the end. Um, yeah. I went to bed feeling just fine. Uh, something – Something kicked in, so the Bulls game was a little bit torturous. I was texting with my buddy Jimmy, who who listens to the podcast and uh, lives in Chicago and is a big Bulls fan and would like and give me big, his season. Sounds like a big. He would Matt, give me his season. Big Mats on Mavs fans. What he sounds like. He is like. a huge Mats on Mavs fan. He's <laughs> learning about. He's learning about us, but he was like, "Ah, oh, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna kill us." You know, we're. Are we, Jimmy? You know, he was pretty. He he was predicting like. Uh, 127 to 110 or something like that. And I was like, I don't think so. Because it hit me between Milwaukee game, like looking ahead to how many games we were going to have without the Denver COVID crew. Right. And then, uh, and then uh, with, especially when the news came down that morning about Timmy missing, it's like, we are down literally six of our top eight players right now. Yeah, we against the Bulls. We started Josh Green and Wesley Awundu. Woo! I mean, they That's started. Little, yeah, both of them, not one of them. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was painful. Uh, and I mean, you know, we they, and Wesley Awundu was a minus eleven. <laughs> <I guess> the- <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- that's a tough one. I like what I like a one do, and I like green in like eight minutes a game or ten minutes a game. Yeah, or yeah. Like, like we said, coming in, play till you puke, uh, and then go sit down. And 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 green has certainly been showing signs that he has a little bit of uh, offensive utility, and a one do has fully a one don't for the yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, they I like yeah, them I like them combined for a good you know 16 14 16 minutes a game. I just like to see like maybe put them put each one of each one in for a couple of minutes see which one sort of has it because odds are they both won't and one yeah. but one probably will and let that one play most of those 12 to 16 minutes and just let the uh, give tell the other one you know next time around let's see what you got you know because it's see you they, later yeah i mean I, yeah you just, can't you certainly can't have both on the court at the same time or it is you could watch especially in that second half you could watch uh, them just ignoring those guys, yeah. like the Bulls would just ignore them, and they were about as confident in their shooting as the Bulls were. So, yeah, yeah. you know, if yeah. they were going to shoot, they knew they were going to miss, and and then when they hesitated so many times, and then they can't create once they hesitate. Like once they attack, there's not really a closeout because nobody closes out. So they just kind of hesitate until the person can sidle up and guard them. Right, and then they, all, and then they can't get to the basket or make crisp passes, useful passes. So it's really having one of them to go out and play their ass off on defense, and anything they give you on offense is a, is a plus is okay for a little while. Having both of them on the court was a disaster. You could see, you could also see like Luca, and in other like KP a couple of times, I saw he would have one of them wide open and be double teamed around the basket. And normally would kick it out for the wide open three, and he would see who was out there and be like, "Well, no, let me see if I can force something up here in the traffic." You know, uh, so if your teammates don't have the confidence in you, that's not gonna that's right. not gonna work. And I mean, I know Luca after that game was over was uh, a little self critical about being overly selfish or whatever, but man, I. I don't know what else he was supposed to do in that game because nobody else had it. I mean, just nobody. Yeah. And he yeah. he was it was an amazing Luca game. He did a he was mm-hmm. he was phenomenal. <clears throat> he had that was his big you know thirty point triple double and he and it, it I mean he had what whatever he had fifteen assists or whatever. It felt like he should have had a hundred assists. Oh, from certainly watch, could just have, watching yeah. the game. I don't I don't know how to look up the stat of potential assists I've tried before and I can't find Me too. I've googled that. Yeah. I can't find where it, I know it's being compiled by someone because I see people refer to it occasionally. I just don't know where mm-hmm. it is housed, but he yeah. has got to be way high on potential assists uh, you know leaders in that category because just the eyeball test is like uh, it just it feels like a, an easy 10 a game that get lost from people missing shots mm-hmm. and you know a few of those are tougher shots and you're and forgivable sure. but 
five or six a game will just be wide open looks that should go down and don't. And or there uh, should be layups, and the person catches it and passes it out to somebody on the three point line who can't shoot. <sighs> Uh, like Willie Cauley Stein is leading Cauley the Stein league, and in, James Johnson is second in the league. I mean, they the two the, of them having the ball right next to the basket. God, I mean, it's just like I'm all for unselfishness, but I mean, when you're being set up like that, you got to take it all the way. I mean, it's it's so frustrating to me. James Johnson is. I love him, and I love having him on the Mavs, but he is a frustrating player to watch because it is really feast or famine with him. It's, it, mm-hmm. I mean, he makes something happen for one team or the other every time he touches the ball. <laughs> Basketball is all about <laughs> excitement, Matt. Right. It's not about positive plays or negative plays. It's just about something happening. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's a, he's a flurry of activity. It's, I mean, or something really good or really bad feels like it's going to happen every time the ball gets in his hands. And I don't know which it yeah. is, <clears throat> which is good for <laughs> suspense. It's good for suspense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like. It's a story. Yeah. yeah he's telling yeah. a story. Man. And like, I mean, yeah, he's, the, hero, you know, the heroes have to struggle some. Right, Matt, right. For the yeah. story to, to really have impact. <laughs> you should know that. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's very good at that. He's very good at that. He's a lot more skilled than I really thought he was going to be. Oh, absolutely. He's our backup point guard right now. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. He really kind of uh, is, because yeah. Brunson and Burke have both shifted into this off-guard mentality, and mm-hmm. they're both um, they're both are very score-first type of guards, and they don't even really... Are, are, they're not nearly as ball dominant as it felt like they used to be, um, and it really, it, honestly, you watch you watch the games. It feels like James Johnson is our backup point guard right now, and yeah, I don't know how much that stays that way when everybody comes back because mm-hmm. you know Jay Rich can handle the ball a little bit, and I feel like there will be some units out there that have maybe Jay Rich, Jalen Brunson and possibly even Trey Burke, all three, yeah. and that's enough ball handlers to to you know, be backup point guard by committee, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. And cause, I mean, that's there's been a lot of clamoring online of you know us possibly needing a backup point guard in the trade market. I don't know that I agree with that personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I don't particularly. I think I think either. I think between those three guys, it's taken care of pretty well. Uh, Burke Brunson and and J- James Johnson. James Johnson. Oddly enough, yeah. Um, I, ju- I just yeah, don't like the idea. I like Brunson and Burke, and I feel like if you're going to work a another guard into the rotation, one of them would have to go in any trade that brought you that guard, or there would not be room for the guard. So, Yeah, for sure. And I don't – I just – I don't know of anybody out there that we could get that I like a whole lot more than Brunson and Burke. So I just Mm-mm. don't feel good about anything, you know? I mean, yeah. Like and anybody we okay. could get that I would like more than them would not want to be a backup point guard. So like they're, yeah. they're about as good of a player as you get 
that are willing to be a backup mm-hmm. as far as point guards go or, you know, small guards go, you know, anybody, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I'd take, I would take Colin Sexton right now, but I doubt he'd want to come off the bench. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> a starter. Uh, what's, what's the guy's name for the Pacers? Their backup McConnell. point guard. What a weird, but he looks like he should be playing college basketball. He does. He he's looks like he'd be a really sized. good college basketball player. He doesn't have three-point range, like NBA three-point range. He hit a three, and it was like his second three of the season or something, and yeah. it looked like he had to shoot it with his entire body. Like he's yeah. not strong enough to get, to oh, get it, it up like, there. Oh, it looked like me trying to you know, shoot a Really weird. Yeah. Like, half cor- like a half-court <laughs> shot, but it was just from the top of the key. Uh, yeah, I, every moment that he was on the floor, I was like, what is this guy? He's Did he really- come here from ni- 1958? Yeah. He's, yeah. Is it Bob Cousy? <laughs> he's on odd, the court. He's oddly good, but not good at the things that you need to be good at in today's NBA. So it's like yeah. he's he still has a place. He still can carve out minutes. I see how he has playing time for a team. I, I don't. What does he do? I don't see how he would have playing time on our team. No. I see how he might have playing time on their team. Because who else is coming in? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that's the that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see how he's keeping Aaron Holiday off the floor, if that's the case. Because Aaron Holiday is a small guard. And I didn't mm-hmm. notice. I can't remember if they played a lot together. But if he's keeping Aaron Holiday off the floor, then that's dumb. Because Aaron Holiday looked pretty good to yeah. me. Like, he was – he can shoot – so- he can shoot a three. Like he, I, he seemed okay to. <laughs> he I mean, can actually get the ball up there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, how many games now has KP KP been back? What was his first game back? Oh, he's been um, five games in. So his first so game Orlando was Orlando. Yes. Okay. And okay. he played. You know, uh, he uh, he he couldn't have played more than probably twenty minutes against Orlando. Yeah, yeah, it was like 21 minutes or something like that. He sat for a good bit at the end. Um uh yeah, so so there's a change that has that has happened uh getting him back going which is handy to get him back right as everybody else was leaving. Uh, cuz can you imagine if he had not come back when he did and we were down one more spot in the Oh, it was actually Charlotte, the, sorry. Charlotte. We played Charlotte after Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah. And he yeah. played this the Charlotte was the twenty one minutes his first game mm-hmm. back. Sorry, I just looked it up. So just, mm-hmm. so yeah, he he played Charlotte and then we had the three game losing streak and then Indiana. But yeah, it's I mean, seeing him back on the floor does give you even in the midst of a losing streak, it gave you this glimmer of what we can be, sort of, you know, you could see mm-hmm. a glimpse of it. It's very difficult because we still have not seen I'm pausing because I'm trying to make sure I'm not saying this wrong, but I'm right. I think we, had Josh Richardson, and Kristaps Porzingis have not played together yet. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Was it was it was after the Denver game that those guys went away, and um, and Richardson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and here's what I want to see. I want to because we saw what you know. You and I have a little bit of a difference in of opinion in starting lineups, and we yeah. got to see. Uh, 
uh, we got to see at least part of that starting lineup with uh, Willie playing next to KP. Yes. With KP playing the four, Willie playing the five. We've seen that and lost a bunch of games doing that. Uh, I truly want to see uh, Maxi start at the four. And last night after the game, KP in the interview said, as he said last year several times towards the end of the year, it's like, man, I'm killing it right now because I'm playing the five and I can yeah. I can pick, I can roll or I can pop or uh, we have everything is open. And I think he also likes to be involved in everything. You know, he is from the time he was a child was the best player on every court until he got to the Mavs yeah. basically or every yeah. team that he's been on until he's gotten to the Mavs. And so that adjustment of not having everything run through you is, I think, difficult. And everything kind of does run through him a little bit if he's initi- if he's helping initiate the action on whatever percentage that we start with uh, high pick and rolls. Right. So, so uh, and Maxi plays defense. He plays, he can play decently against bigger guys. Uh, he can switch on the perimeter. He can shoot the three. He can do all of those things. He can actually roll a little bit, you know. Uh, and I, w- I will argue that maybe after having seen uh, Willie for all of these games, that perhaps he is a better dunker than <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein. <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein, he's a spectacular dunk misser. What What is he doing? How can know. he miss that many slam dunks? And he can he can get his head above the rim. Yeah, he just something Super happens athletic. between. Yeah. We have we have two of the hey. weirdest athletic guys I think I've ever seen. One is Willie Cauley Stein, who is clearly the everything about the eye test says that he is super athletic at, until he tries to dunk the ball, and then he something happens and he can't do it. The other one I'm gonna say is Josh Green is a weirdly athletic guy because he is clearly super athletic, but he has also been a really bad finisher at the rim. Mm-hmm. Like we have not seen one, not one spectacular dunk from Josh Green in a way that it doesn't even seem like it's in his bag of tricks. He's super fast. He's super quick. He's a he's a great athlete, clearly, but his vertical explosiveness on the offensive end of the ball has mm-hmm. not shown up yet in what I have seen. I have not gone back and watched a lot of like college film or anything, and maybe it's there. But he, we've seen. Yeah, him, watch the film, Matt. Get back to the film, buddy. Being a casual, and the, <laughs> but like he's he's missed some easy ones at the rim, just with minimal defense against it. He's yeah. He's never he never really I think that was. Go ahead. I, I was that, just, I, that was I'm one done. of the knocks. That was yeah. one. Of, you're done. You're done with him. Uh, that was one of the knocks on him. I think is that he he doesn't for as good of an athlete. As he was, he wasn't a great finisher around the basket. He was a decent shooter uh, with a good stroke and uh, a great athlete who somehow didn't finish that well in college. So I, th- I think that may be a little bit uh, of his lack of uh, experience, maybe coming from Australia, playing a whole bunch of other sports yeah, and could stuff. Be. You know, yeah, I mean, he's but definitely a great. It also athlete. may just be him. 
And I like him. I like watch. I mean, he's. I like. I like the what it looks like he could become for us. But um, do you like his Dirk shot? His Dirk shot was amazing. That was wonderful. It was awesome. He. I mean, he really looks like he could be a little bit of a little bit um, Matrix like. But but the version of of uh, Sean Marion that we got, not the version of Sean Marion who was the you know, a highlight yeah. dunker for the Suns for all those years. The version that we got, which was wonderful and helped us win a championship. But he he wasn't by the point we got by the time we got him, he wasn't I mean, he had some nice dunks for us, don't get me wrong. But he was not yeah, that it wasn't his anymore. game. He was but he was yeah. great defensively. He could knock down the random three if he was open. He was you know, he 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 was sort of our little, like a Swiss Army knife kind of guy that we could throw out there. Yeah, I can see position. that from Green. Yeah. I can so, see that from Green. Never being awesome at any one thing, but yeah. always always playing a hard defense. Uh, do you remember running into Matrix? I do. We ran into him in a, some of a burger bar, burger shop Yeah, bar burger type. bar. Yeah, in the West Village. Yeah, I turned. I was, we had gone, but we had stayed there uh, hanging out, drinking, talking, and we left, and we had left your credit card that, like, you had given your credit card for the tab or whatever. And you got, we got back, and you realized you had forgotten it. So we had to walk all the way back. It was like, by that point, it was like one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And Matrix was coming to pick up burgers at one o'clock in the morning because he lives, <laughs> he lives that kind of life, you know. And I, I was wait, I was just kind of standing awkwardly waiting on you to retrieve your card. And I turned around into this mountain of a man, had to look mm-hmm. up at him, of course, and and squeaked out, Matrix! And he looked down at me and kind of grinned, said, hey, what's up? <laughs> and then waited for his That's birds. not how I remember it. That's how not you, how I remember okay, it. Okay, how do you remember I it? remember, I remember you squeaking Matrix. Okay, yes. And I definitely did that. I remember, I remember him saying, shut the fuck up. <laughs> And, and slapping you, me across the face. <laughs> yeah, and then you peed. You yeah. peed down your leg. That sounds and, accurate. Um, and you went into like therapy for a couple of years after that. Yeah, that sound. That all sounds absolutely accurate. Yeah, I do not remember. That's getting, how I remember it. I do not remember getting hit. I don't know that I would. No, nope, reco- it's because he hit you hard. <laughs> I don't know that I would recover from that. <laughs> He was a giant. He was a giant. The weird uh, finger. Remember, yeah. he has that weird finger. Yes. The oh, one, yeah, yeah. That one finger that sticks out sideways. The pinky. Yeah. The pinky that's uh, broken out to the side. Uh, so KP is getting up into the thirty-something minutes. Just to finish up on him. Uh, he's playing in the thirty-something minutes, like he played thirty-three against the Bulls. Um, thirty-two. Uh, against the Pacers and, uh, well, Toronto. Let's talk about Toronto for just a hot minute. He played 32 minutes against Toronto. So I say he's up to his normal uh, minutes. Yeah. What and he's see, going to get during the year. And this is one of the areas that worries me about the COVID year of basketball is that I am a little concerned about whether or not, and this may not be the case, I don't know, but we have been really shorthanded. And so it does make you sort of wonder if if he's playing five or six minutes more or, or ramped up to that full minutes a little faster than he normally would have, which is 
uh, mm. which appears to not have had any, any adverse effects, but it is scary as we continue through this COVID year of basketball and we could be facing mm. times like this again when we get short. Like I just read that the Miami Heat, who have also been very depleted because of COVID, uh, feel like that they may have exasperated an injury of Tyler Hero because he was having to play so much mm-hmm. because they were so shorthanded. I, you know, it really worries me that we're that we're looking at that kind of potential with a couple of guys that have been known to be a little injury prone in KP or and Luca. Run out of gas. Run yeah. out of gas. Yeah. yeah. But it Luka, is. But you know, certainly. With that aside, it is encouraging to see that KP is um, looking a lot like KP. You know, I mean, he he looks like the he again, especially against the Pacers, he looked like an All Star. Um, oh yeah, and it looked to yes. me to be more like the normal KP that we can maybe expect to see. And I mean, hell, he looked kind of like an all-star against the Raptors at times. It was just a shitty game. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else went well against the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Raptors, we're seeing more junk defenses thrown at Luca this year. Yeah. We're, we're seeing people disguise their man, disguise their zone until the very last second. They're man to man. And as soon as we try to get into the high pick and roll, oh, suddenly it's a zone. Whoops. Yeah. You know, um, so there's stuff like that's what Denver started. And then Orlando tried it. And then uh, uh, the last one that we saw, which was a classic, which is hilarious to me, if it hadn't been such a depressing game is the box and one the box and, and one yeah. that that stuff only works when nobody else on your team can hit a freaking shot absolutely because that box that box is not good defense no there's no way to cover everything uh, and we had plenty of open chances they just they couldn't that nothing would fall and I, i'll tell you like luca I was box and won one time in <laughs> high school. We were in a, a Mormon basketball. It was a. It was a. Uh, well, I don't. I think it was like a church league. I don't know if it was all Mormons, but I was on the Mormon team, even though I'm not Mormon. <laughs> and and it was a men's league, uh, but we had several teenagers on the team. And and about halfway through the year, we played one of the teams again, and they put a guy. Like the game started, and I was like, "Oh, they're playing man to man. They always play zone because they're old, tired men." But the one guy on me plus a zone, I had absolutely zero idea what to do. I had no clue. Yeah. Like I was the most flabbergasted and flustered. Like I can't. I can barely get the ball, miss less score or make a pass. I don't know where people are going to be. You know, it was just right. the most like I've never seen this in my life. I had no plan for the entire game, and it ruined my week basically because I played so poorly. And uh, as I was watching Luca, I was like, "See, Luca!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he can pass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like well, he was making the right plays, and he, he just, you know, you know. I mean, Indiana was doing a very similar approach that you know Toronto used, and he just carved them up with passes on mm-hmm. on one leg and he you know 
whatever was going on with his leg. He like he just but he was making crazy passes. Just Dude, that first five minutes uh, was a clinic. It was that was, and it was surgery. like surgery. If he had not been, uh, <coughs> if he had not been hampered with whatever weird uh, ailment was going on, which we can talk about in a minute. Yeah, the secret ailment of of Lucas. Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? Well, and see, I feel like if he had, I really hate that that was happening because. Uh, it it worries me for one. Just any any kind of injury to Luca of any our kind, baby boy. Yeah, it just scares the shit out of me because you can. Just, I mean, we were especially in the middle of this losing streak when we've looked so bad, even with Luca out there, and you start to think, oh God, what would we look like without Luca? Like it would be like I don't even know what the, I mean I don't I think we would become the worst team in the league. I think I really do. Like I I don't know if there's another team I can think of that that looks worse. I mean shit the Knicks are fucking winning. I don't know who looks worse than us with no Luka. I mean because cuz even I think KP struggles a touch right now until he's back to a 100% if he doesn't have someone like Luka setting him setting the table for him so much. I mean, I, he's he has proven that he can play without Luka, don't get me wrong, but that was at pretty much 100%. I don't think he's quite there yet. So I, I haven't really seen him creating for himself a ton since he's been back. He, You know, he's done it a couple of times, but not to the level that he was able to do when he was fully healthy. And he said after the game that he didn't feel like he was quite where he needed to be. He was yeah. getting close, so... I don't know. It's very scary. But anyway, the, my point about all that is that I feel like if Luca had not had whatever mystery ailment was bothering him, he would have been able to carve them up with passes and pour in a good 25 points over the course yeah. of the night. And it would have murdered the other team's ideas of doing the box in one. Yeah. I'm The number one thing that, Getting the guys back, getting uh, Kleba and Josh Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith, guys who you cannot dare to shoot right. for too long. You might be able to get away with it for a quarter or, you know, but to have them plus KP, you know, and KP was 0 for 7 in that game from yeah. 3. So nobody could hit an outside shot. We shot 25% from three for that game, and it felt like less than 25%. I, I would be amazed if one out of every four <laughs> went in. Yeah, uh, so see. I think I had it pulled up a second ago. I mean, it, it was it was bad. I mean, it, you know, it, like it was it was rough. We were nine of 36 from three. Yeah, so that's right 20, at 25%. 25%. Mm-hmm. So did, um, did that math real quick in my head. Yeah, it was good. Jalen Jalen Brunson was three of four. So if you took him out of the mix, it would be six of thirty-two. Which that 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 feels right. That feels about like what it was. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, uh, I mean, God, like I, I which, mean, you can't win a so game. So do you, so do you think then there was a conversation had? We we've talked about how we can see the coaching between games, so they go nine for thirty six uh, against Toronto and just get their ass whipped, 
and then they come out against Indiana and only shoot 27 27 three pointers. Yeah. They only hit eight of them. They weren't yeah. shooting great. They weren't shooting 30%. much, not much better than. Um, I mean, every three point, only one player other than Trey Burke and and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. made a three, and it was the one three that KP hit. So uh-huh. Tim Hardaway, and remember, Tim Hardaway was was ice cold the first half of that game. Like it was in uh-huh. the second half that he finally came around and started to look like himself again, and Trey was pretty hot most of the game. He hit every other shot he took basically all game long, and, mm-hmm. and so outside of those two, they were three of six and four of eight. Yeah. Other than that, it was Luca was zero of three, Brunson was zero of two, James fucking Johnson was zero of four. <laughs> I mean, he had some wide open ones. Too. They were all wide open. I don't blame him for yeah. taking them. They just, they were yeah. just, he just wasn't making them. But we had 68 points in the paint. I feel like there are other games of this season and last that even with the type of defense they were playing, even how poorly we were shooting, that we would have still jacked up 43 pointers. Yeah. With, I and, agree. And uh, the restraint and sticking to the plan and how – I mean, some of it is based on their personnel. Like, Sabonis is not going to stop you around the rim. But recognizing that and just punishing someone's weakness. Yeah. And not letting them off the hook. And we could have done that to Toronto. Toronto is made up of a lot better individual defenders, though. They're all six seven, you know, minus the two – um, and they're both good. The two defenders. guards, they're but both they're good really defenders. good defenders. Yeah. They're so like heavy, low center yeah. of gravity guys. Yeah, and really so, smart. They're both really smart. They just play. They play really good defense. They, I mean, yeah. it's the whole team plays good individual defense. They're very. They're one of the best coach teams. To like when you watch, it just feels like they're very well coached, and they are. They're playing up like it, it feels similar to like a Miami or somebody like that, where it just it feels like these guys are playing better, at least defensively, than we would see them play for other teams. Like this, yeah. this would fade away if 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 um, a Fred Van Vliet or or a you know uh, what's his name um, uh, Norman uh, Powell. If a Norman Lear. Powell, Norman Powell in this name, the guard, no, the, uh, Rockwell, I think you're thinking Norman Rock Rockwell. <laughs> that's 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 the one. That's it, Norman Rockwell. If Norman Rockwell played for a different team, <laughs> no, it, it, you are thinking Powell, uh, and he's one of the ones that was on Luca's list to fight in that game. He yes. had a list of a handful he of guys did. to yeah. fight. <laughs> but I just, Which I is something like, I like about Luca, actually. Oh, I do too. He, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you. He really hates twins. Have you noticed that? <laughs> he does. Luca has, has a thing against twins. fucking twins, man. Like It's I unnatural. Mean, it is. Just, it's against God. And that's, yeah. what, that's what he learned in Slovenia. That's against God. Oh. <laughs> And that, so he's like, it's. I mean, he just he doesn't like fucking twins, man. Mm-hmm. He's gonna fight some twins before the year's out. Oh, oh! I had a dream, in fact, that Luca. Uh, I was at a game 
and and then suddenly I realized that Luca was on the ground and hurt, and his face was all swollen up and bruised. I was like, oh, no. oh they knocked Luca. Somebody knocked Luca out. Yeah. Did you storm the court? <laughs> Are you like running down there, I, taking your taking your shirt, taking your shirt off as you were running, like getting ready? Like can you imagine? In? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. But can you imagine? <laughs> no, there's zero percent chance of me participating in the malice at the at the double AC <laughs> American Airlines Center. Yeah. Um. Uh, can you imagine if somebody like? had punched Dirk during his career or something, how hated that person would be. It's like It'd be awful. Yeah. I mean, even people that hated Dirk still love Dirk, you know, like I mean, he was, he was one of those while, players. Sure. Yeah. He was one of those players that nobody really hated him. I don't think. I mean, so I, we, we got some good tickets one time from like the Dallas morning news, my wife for her job, they gave, you know, they, give you tickets and then you keep your business with them type of right, thing. Right. Right. And we were sitting on the third row. And yeah, some of the best bribe, seats. By the way. Yeah. That's maybe I shouldn't have said, I know. uh, well, I'll beep out what the company. Yeah. Was. yeah, yeah. Um, In my line but, of work, that would be an ethics violation. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose it my might license. be now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, we had some pretty sweet seats and it was for, it was, uh, when Kevin Garnett was still with the Timberwolves, yeah, it was maybe 2008. I remember Ola Wakandi on the bench, like having zero interest in the game. Number one pick, Ola Michael oh, Wakandi. He had no care one about what was happening on the basketball court. He was. He would the, go in every. He, he would go in every pick. now and then and and play. Yeah, you know, I, and then he would come sit down and completely ignore the game he would just look around in the crowd looking at people like looking at girls and stuff yeah that um, was dirk's draft year michael olawakandi really? yes michael olawakandi was, was number one pick really i'm i'm 99 sure i will look it up right now but while you're telling your story okay. i'll look it up all right so we're on the third row and uh dirk th- got frustrated and threw wally zerbiak down to the ground <laughs> he like flipped him over his hip sort of you know I can't remember if they were fighting for the ball or whatever, but Dirk definitely put a little extra in it and slammed Wally Zerbiak down to the ground. And then there was kind of a, you know, kind of a little pushing and stuff. And Kevin Garnett came to Zerbiak. Kevin Garnett, of all people, came to Wally Zerbiak's defense. And and they're all in each other's face. And you could hear, uh, you could hear voices but you couldn't make it out anything that anybody was saying because of the noise except dirk yelling fuck you kevin <laughs> which i always thought was funny that he called him kevin he called him kevin you know, fuck you yeah. kevin, <laughs> kevin. But, um, so yes the in 1998 dirk Nowitzki was the ninth pick to milwaukee was as we all know traded to the Mavericks, who chose Robert Tractor Trailer with the sixth R.I.P. pick. Mm-hmm. So the sixth pick, Robert Trailer, was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for Dark Nowitzki. It's the ninth pick. The number one pick that year was Michael Olawakandi. Hmm. Number, I thought it was after that. Number two was Mike Bibby, who had a decent career. Yeah. Num- number three was Rafe LaFriends, 
who had a okay career, I guess. Mm-hmm. Number four was Antoine Jameson. We're mm-hmm. stacking up Mavs here. Um, yeah. The who had a pretty decent career. Number five mm-hmm. was was Vince Carter. Six he had okay career. Yeah, he did fine. Oh. And uh, listen, how many fucking Mavs were in this draft? Yeah. Like they, I mean, yeah. they all ended up on the Mavs eventually. Then you had Robert Trailer, Jason Williams, the sweet passing. White chocolate. Point guard, white chocolate, Jason mm-hmm. Williams. Then Larry Hughes. Do you remember him? Yes, a, I remember a, Larry Hughes. He had a pretty nice little cup of coffee there for a while. You know, like he was like a flash of the pan kind of. Yeah. Looked okay for a year, maybe, kind of career. Mm-hmm. And then Dirk, followed by Paul Pierce. Yes. To round out the top ten. So Dirk and wow. Pierce, are the, clearly, along with Vince Carter, the best picks in that draft. Dirk and yeah. Pierce went ninth and tenth. How would you how would you draft those three? Uh, I would go Dirk, number one, obviously, uh-huh. as I think anyone would. Um, I personally, I honestly, I think I'd do Vince Carter second and Paul Pierce third, even though I know yeah. Paul Pierce is a little more um, had a little bit more of a, a celebrated career. Vince Carter was really good when he was good. You know, like when he was at his peak, man, he was really good. I think Vince Carter would have done just fine with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. I do too. I think he would have No offense to Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is great. Paul Pierce is great. Yeah, Paul Pierce is great. The difference between them, uh, I certainly would have, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell because the type of criticism that guys get, like, you know, there for a long time, Vince Carter got criticism because he couldn't, he wasn't Jordan, basically. Like, he couldn't yes. lead yeah. his team, even though Jordan only led his team to championships once he had an awesome team around him. Right. And and Vince had some decent teams a couple of times, and the rest of the time, not so much. So, you know, there's a little yeah. bit of luck of the draw. I always thought Vince was awesome. Uh, I, and, I really, you know, and I really liked watching him play. I liked, uh-huh. he always seemed like a pretty good guy, pretty easy to root for. Um, which, uh, yeah, all those things can't always be said for Paul Pierce. As much as I like Paul Pierce and he was great, I'm not taking anything away from him. But, you know, Paul Pierce, yeah. a little harder to root for at certain times of his career, you know? Like, he's a for little sure. a little more difficult of a personality than Vince Carter. And, and obviously Dirk, who has been the easiest personality to root for that I've ever experienced. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's clearly those two guys. I would have a difficult decision between those two guys if I'm the GM of who was second, the Vancouver Grizzlies, picking second oh. in 1998. Like I, I don't, I, don't, I mean, it's a tough call. I don't think you like. Obviously, you can't really go wrong with either one of them. They're both great. But I think I'm going Vince Carter if I had to pick. Yeah, me too. I would take Big Country. Big Country. Also, that's who Bryant Reeves. Bryant Reeves. That's that. That is who uh, Vancouver took with one of their top picks. I think it was the Big year right. I think it was their first country. first pick, like their first, the first year they were a thing. You know. Yeah, and then you got Damon Stoudemire. Anyway. Yeah. So there's your there's your classic NBA. Yeah. <laughs> talk. It's All right, you know. It. And like other like other around the league news, Matt. If we're going uh-huh. around 
yeah, league. Let's, let's like finish up with some around the league. I'll put echo on it. It's been a crazy week, right? Because we haven't even talked since the Harden trade was finalized, have we? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we so. We a couple of days extra like, this time because of the way the, the games fell. Is the NBA... Now, I know you are a fan of other sports and I am not, but you got to admit, the NBA is the most entertaining fucking league in the existence. Like, other leagues don't yeah. have this shit, right? Agree. In, in one week, one of the biggest superstars in the league didn't play games because he didn't feel like it. And in the same yeah. in the same week that his his team in the same week traded for one of arguably the best I don't know three players in the league four five players in the league however you look at it you're not going to put yeah. James Harden outside of the top what six there's no way you put him below six who even if you hate him and I hate him I don't think I'd put him below four. Like, he's one of the best players in the league, easily, I think. Yeah. And he got fucking traded to a team with another guy who could easily be in the top six as well. So you've got now two NBA teams. So the top six players, potentially, depending on how you define the top six players, four of them might play for two teams in the league now. Because Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And what, but what makes the NBA so wonderful is that when the poutiest of the pouty, Kyrie Irving, finally returned, had his weird-ass little press conference with his head laying on the desk during the whole press conference uh -huh. and just yeah. saying, like, yeah, I just needed a pause. I just I apologize to the fans, but I just needed a pause. I just, like, it just didn't feel like it, basically. So he finally comes back. And, you know, the the powers unite. This is the Brooklyn Nets. This is the super team of the ages now. We have put it together. Like, they all, this is like, the they have turned heel. This is classic mm -hmm. mid-80s wrestling shit where they, like, yeah. the, the, play, the three players, the three best players that everyone hates the most join. <laughs> are on the same team. Are on the same fucking team. <laughs> They finally got to play together, and they got fucking torched by Colin fucking Sexton yeah. in a double overtime thriller where Colin Sexton was, like, beating his chest and begging Kyrie Irving to come drive against him. It was just, like, in, just foaming yeah. at the mouth playing that team and just torched them. Yeah. And and won the game. They they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Colin Sexton, who apparently yeah. is for real. Well, he certainly looked it. The the um, Brooklyn this year are going to be like that first Heat team, yes. where they're not all put together. They've got some some stuff to work out. I'm not sure these guys will ever work it out. I hope I don't, they won't. I hope they but, won't either. I don't know that they will yeah. either. But, uh, so they've got a little bit of a learning curve, and teams want to whip their ass oh, every game. So, so bad. nobody's coming in not treating it like game seven. 
Absolutely. You know, unless you're on a unless you're on a like a scheduled loss or something, you know, one of those things, uh, you know, third game and five nights type of things where you can just kind of lay down. There's not going to be a lot of laying down for them because everybody wants to beat no. them. Oh, especially so after bad. seeing that Colin Sexton thing, God, like everybody I'm wants you. that. Did you see the footage of him like like waiting on Kyrie to walk it up the court and like just like down in his stance and just like uh-huh. kind of like pounding his chest and like kind of giving him the come on hands and just like his eyes were crazy looking. It looked very similar to if you remember when Kevin Garnett got switched onto Steve Nash. Do you remember that? <laughs> Like in two thousand three or whatever. Yeah, and was like kind of almost pounding on the court and like saying, "Oh, like, he come, did. He slapped on. the court." Yeah, it looked kind of like that. Only a little. It it annoyed me less, I guess, because it wasn't against the Mavs or whatever. And it yeah. wasn't Kevin Garnett, but um, the it like I saw, I just saw it in the highlights. But it was like oh, I loved every minute of it. I was like, oh, like I like this kid. Like this, I'm gonna yeah. root for him now. Like it's he just. He just picked up a fan. I root for you against anyone other than the Mavs now, Colin Sexton. And that is why Kyrie wasn't feeling. That's exactly the reason. Like, these guys, they care so much about basketball. I don't care about basketball. Jeez. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And, like, I'll remind you, like, Colin Sexton, I already kind of liked him. Because do you remember the college story about Colin Sexton? I don't. When they had, um, I can't. I have to look it up to to know all the particulars. But they had. Uh, he played for Alabama. I, I'm pretty sure he played for um, Avery Jansen at Alabama. He did. I think I think mm-hmm. Avery Jansen was the coach when Colin Sexton was there. And something happened at Alabama that made them really shorthanded. And then they had some guys foul out or were ejected. It might have been there might have been a fight or something. They got ejected. I can't remember exactly what it ha- what happened. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to put any of that out there if it's wrong. But um, they ended up with only three players, and they played. They continued the game with three players, and they stayed in the game. They almost uh-huh. won it with three on five. And it was because Colin Sexton just refused to fucking lose a game of basketball. And, like, he just was going nuts. It was three on five. Like, yeah. he was he was double teamed all the time with no one to pass it to. He just had to fight his way through it. And it was, it was really ugly huh. basketball. It was really tough to watch. But... It was just it was all it was really inspiring. And it was just I bet because, there's video of that out there. I wanna Yeah, it's out there. You need to look it up because it was up. just mm-hmm. and they, they lost the game, but they were in it like all the way to the wire pretty much and like really fought for it and kind of came pretty close to pulling it out, you know, and that if they had pulled it out it would have been a huge story, you know, yeah. that we all would have heard about. I think we didn't hear as much about it because they did end up losing, but it was still inspiring because huh. it was. I mean, it definitely showed movie. you that, like, oh yeah, like it was. It definitely showed you Three like this kid's five. got something. Three on five, and it and it was like you the, saw the it Colin Sexton the story. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, he can't do anything but score. Like, he really can't. He like he he can score, but he can score really, really well. Mm-hmm. He's almost um, almost Allen Iverson esque in a way where it's just like 
he all he kind of needs a team of guys that like nobody else really needs the ball or wants to shoot sure. <laughs> and <laughs> just like give Dick him Kimbe. the ball and yeah. yeah and and for the record for people out there you know pining for us to trade for Andre Drummond do you know who did not close out the game for the Cleveland Cavaliers Andre Drummond that's correct they had Jared uh, Allen Jared Allen was out there, not Andre Trump. Oh, well, that makes makes, makes sense, sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that I think that brings us uh, to the end of our evening here tonight. So what have we learned? Thank God for the Pacers win, or Matt and I wouldn't be here on this earth, I think. Uh, it might have been... It might have been... been uh, we'd have gone out together, drive off the cliff. Thelma, like, Thelma and Louise Thelma, style. Thelma and Louise, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Luca, what's going on with Luca's injury? Who knows? Uh, junk defenses are something to overcome. Hopefully, the Denver crew, uh, the rest of them will be back sometime because I think we had like 10 games in 16 days, and I'm not sure yeah. how many of them will be back before that whole I'm period. I'm pretty sure. Is done. I think they came out and said they're still out for our next one, right? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure for the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're hoping for, you know, maybe the latter half of these six games in 10 days, the last, at Oof. least the last three. I mean. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. It's still, I mean, um, and they're not, I mean, the Spurs are playing pretty well. That's who we play tomorrow night. And yeah. and then we have a, immediately the the Rockets and the Rockets are not playing very well, but they're still scary because they've got these scary young guys who are good. And I, I watched a little of the Rockets because I knew they were coming up soon. I watched mm-hmm. a little bit of them playing the Suns last night. Uh, Oladipo looks like trash to me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm hmm. I'm completely out on Oladipo for hmm. the mo- for the moment. I could come back around, mm-hmm. but he just looked like he forces everything and. Does not really. I, I didn't see him playing team basketball last night. It seemed like when mm-hmm. they put him out there, there is there's the young kid, the undrafted kid they've got from Arkansas, the Mason Jones, who like had a crazy like twenty something point game the other night, and he was out there. And every time I wa, I was like, man, if I was Stephen Silas, I'd put Mason Jones out there instead of Oladipo. He's playing yeah. more team centered basketball. But they huh. have scary players. They have they could be a scary young team. Christian Wood is really good and could go crazy. Yes. You know. mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. So, so. Uh, box boxing one. I I had that experience. Same as Luca. I could give him some <laughs> pointers. Could you slightly lower, <laughs> slightly lower league? And you were playing, and I mean, it was tougher for you because you were playing in the long black. Slacks and the white button down and the tie, the <laughs> yeah. little tie. That's what y'all played in, and right? I, I had to carry the Book of Mormon the, yeah. with me, so I had to switch hands if I needed right. to cross over. Speaking of crossover, one last thing. Uh, I, I was thinking that Tim, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway, is it odd how poor his ball handling is, because being his that father. his dad was like the original. Yeah. Crossover. I haven't thought of it, but yeah. I mean, his dad was one of the best ball handlers of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he, up there, he's you know. Like, yeah. You he's right at the top of your mind, you know. You've got just a handful of guys. Yeah. Him and Allen Iverson and 
you know, a couple of new guys, Steph and Kyrie, Kyrie, Steve Nash, you know, guys that pop to your mind, but Tim Hardaway is right up there because he was one of the, in my childhood, he was the guy. He was the dribbler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was the crossover, you know, people are popping out of their shoes. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. It is weird. You would think that's a skill that he would have drilled into his son a little more. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have it. Yeah, he didn't. Not that skill. No, he's not a ball handler. He certainly is not. Um, All right, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Any parting shots? I don't think so. We've got Denver coming up on Monday the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. Just, just a. Uh, we kept looking ahead. That's the that's the next one that looks like an ooh kind of game. Yeah. They're they're gonna want it. They're gonna want it back. You know. They're gonna they're gonna come looking for us after that last game. So we're gonna and hopefully we'll have everybody back by then. That's, you know. Yeah. Who knows? God, I can't believe we played two. That's un fucking monday and we played two games before that yeah it's thursday we're recording this on a thursday night we have back to back i mean it's just i think in these next 10 we play the jazz twice and the suns twice too we play the jazz on the road twice and they've been so good like really good yeah it's 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 frightening it's a tough we may may have we may have a problem yeah (laughs) i mean the you know the teams ahead of us right now are the you know the West looks it shapes up as the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, all with really good records. Then you've got the mm-hmm. Suns, the Warriors, and the Trailblazers, all with they're all eight and five or eight and six. And then just ahead of us, we are locked in a tie for ninth with the Denver Nuggets. Just ahead of us are the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs, who you, both of which you would kind of expect to slip a little as the mm-hmm. season progresses, but it's still scary-ish, especially since you know yeah. I have not mentioned the New Orleans Pelicans, who still could turn it on at any point because they do have a lot of talent. So, yeah, it's scary. The West is scary. Hey, maybe we can tank. Get one of those good draft picks. <laughs> get, a, get a good traffic. <laughs> Send it to the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Yeah. Please follow you us have on good Twitter. Evening. We're at Mats on Mavs, and we're also Mats on Mavs on Facebook. Until next time, here's hoping you scale your playoff mountain and plan your flag. <laughs>